Welcome and thank you for joining us for the Church by the Glades podcast. If you would like more information about Church by the Glades, including service times and directions, visit cbglades.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Church by the Glades, what's happening? Man, you got, I, man, I'm feeling good after that intro. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Feel like we're at the Super Bowl, man. I want to, uh, I want to start by welcoming everybody joining us all around the world online. I know we got people who joined us from everywhere. And some of you guys might be in another country, another part of the world. We have a big game going on today. It's called the Super Bowl. And so it's kind of rowdy in here today because people are excited about the Super Bowl. But we want to welcome everybody. I know we got people joining from San Francisco, Kansas City, Oklahoma City, Los Angeles. You know, we got Las Vegas. Let's just a hand clap for everybody joining us all around the world online. And we can't forget about our campuses. We got Dacia, we got Homestead, we got Lake Worth Beach. And people are literally joining from everywhere. And I'm telling you, those of you guys who are online, you can't see it. There's people literally in here with all sorts of jerseys on. Like they're representing their team today. They're excited. People over here cheering. You know, I had people that were like flipping me the bird because the hat that I got pulling into church today. I'm just saying like, no perfect people allowed. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Man, I'm excited to preach God's Word today. I'm going to be honest with you guys, like I was, uh, man, I'm telling you guys, I'm t- I can't wait to hear myself preach, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, um, I, I did just drink, like, I don't know what, I think it was like a, a Zip Fizz, like energy drink. I just did a shot right before I came out, and so in about 10 minutes, it'll probably kick in a little bit, so anyway, I'm, uh, anyway, some of you guys will either listen really slow or you'll think I speak really fast, but uh, nonetheless, um, we're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to have some fun today, and all you guys are representing your team. You guys see I have a, a Chiefs hat on, so that I think that's all that I need to say. Yes, you can boo. I, I, I've come to realize that the, the Chiefs are the, the new Patriots, and so, and just being honest, man, like, I'm old school. I just realized, like, people just hate winners. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's just a true story. Like, you think about it, like, you ain't got no reason at all to dislike Patrick Mahomes, but you do, right? But anyway, it's, we'll, we'll talk more about that here in the message, maybe. Anyway, but um, let's go ahead and get to the real stuff. If you're 35 years old, I have some news for you. You have 500 days left, 500 days left on this earth. I know some of you thinking, well, Pastor Scott, your math ain't right. But I'm going to tell you there was this, actually this Christian counselor, they did some research in his book. He looked at it. If you look at all the tangential things that you do, so like anyway, your hygiene, you know, doing some odd chores, you know, working, driving, all the things that you do that don't matter. Matter of fact, in today's generation, social media, all the time that you spend on social media, the average person spends two and a half hours a day on social media. You do the math and multiply that times seven days, times 52 times a week. That means you spend 38 days a year on social media. So here's the deal, if you're 35, you have 500 days left to live. And so if you're 25, look, you ain't off the hook, you kinda just do the math a little bit, you got a little bit more. And if you're 55 or 60, you got a little bit less. (laughs) But the reason that's important is because it's a reminder that here's the deal, I don't know if this Christian counselor was true. As I looked at his research and what he did, It sounded like it made sense to me, but he might not be accurate, but I think he might be because here's what it says in Psalms 90, 12. 
Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. So the psalmist is saying the same thing, like, look, we got to look to number our days because we got to understand how few they are. Like, we think we got a lot of time. But if we look at the things that matter that we do, we don't have a lot of time. So if you're trying to decide whether you're going to spend time with your kids or just hang out and do nothing and be on a video game, fellas. Or if you're looking around at what you're doing, you're, you're spending mindless time, you're not doing the things that matter. So what, what the scripture is talking about and what this study is talking about is that we got to look to make sure that we're doing some great clock management. As a matter of fact, that's the title of today's message, is clock management. I want you to turn around to your neighbor right now and say, you need to do some clock management. Turn around to your other neighbor and say, you need to do some clock management. And so when we're talking about clock management, what it reminds me of, ever since my kids were little and they played sports, I'd always tell them the same things, like, look, don't count the plays, what? Make the plays count. And I'm telling you, like, you can't count the plays you get in. I remember I, I told my son Jaden when it was his, his sophomore year in football, he went to a school they went to, they went to four state championships, they won two, they only lost like three or four games his entire high school career. I remember his sophomore year, he didn't play defense, he was a running back, and they threw him in in practice one day on the defensive line, and they couldn't stop him, so long story short, he ended up starting on the defensive line his entire sophomore year, wouldn't won a state championship. So he comes into his junior year, he and another running back are kind of competing for the position they're running, and, and so the very first game, the other running back's getting some carries, he says, son, don't worry about it, just work hard and practice this week again, don't count the plays, make the plays count. The first time he touched the rock in that game, literally it was a highlight, it was on the news. He ran over like four or five guys, broke tackles, it was crazy. I'll say this, he started on both sides of the ball the rest of his career. And the reason why that's important is that we, we oftentimes just, oh, we're messing around. Like, are you really making your days count? Are you making your days count? And because I don't think that we are oftentimes, matter of fact, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at, at what Paul says about making our days count. He's speaking to the church of the Ephesians, and I want you to imagine that he's speaking to us today. Because the great thing about Paul's letters, he might be speaking to the church at Ephesus, but he could be speaking to the church right here, church by the glades, church online, wherever you're at right now. And go ahead and set it up again. Here's what he's saying. The overall theme is that he's encouraging believers to, to live wisely and intentionally and be fully aware that the times that we're living in, that they're they're evil, and he urges them to seize every opportunity to do good and to understand and to align themselves with, not of the world, but align themselves with God's will and to avoid the pitfalls of foolishness and darkness and all these things. And so what he does is he contrasts wise living with the living of a fool. And so when we look at the text today, you can open your Bibles to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, we'll go verses 15 through 20. And again, what we're going to talk about today is, is walking in love, walking in light, and walking in wisdom. And we're going to spend a lot of time about walking in wisdom because I think that's one of the most important things that we need to study and to look at and to dive into because I think it's one of the greatest things that's missing in this generation. I understand that Valentine's Day this week, so I'll spend a little bit of time about walking in love, but, but we're going to make sure that we spend some time today walking in wisdom. So let me read the text, and I'll come back. We'll unpack it a few verses at a time. Here's what the text says. This thing he's speaking to you. Be careful, then, how you live, not as the unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs, giving thanks to God, the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what he does is he gives us the blueprint for what we need to do on earth. And I think some Christians, like, they think the blueprint is being really spiritual. You know those ones that, like, no matter what you ask, like, everything is, they're overly spiritual? And a lot of times the overly spiritual people are the ones that are not applying it because we can be overly spiritual and be educated well beyond our level and willingness to be obedient to the basics that we know. And, and, you know, like, how are you doing? And they're just, oh, and, and God did this and God did that and this and that. But if you look at their life, there's some contrast. Again, if that's how you're living, great. But I think when we look at what he's saying, it's like, like, because again, some Christians, I, I, I get in these circles and these prayer circles and, and there's some Christians that maybe you are that Christian or you have that family member and they'd be like, I'm just ready to go see Jesus today. Just take me to heaven today. Some of y'all know those people by a show of hands. You know what I'm saying? Here's the deal. I'm just going to go ahead. You guys know, I only keep it one way and that's what? A buck, a hundred, real, all, whatever three you want to categorize. And as a pastor, sometimes that's not a good thing because what I'm getting ready to tell you, I'm just keeping it a buck, right? And so, so here's the deal, like when I'm in those circles, and I remember I was in a circle praying, God was praying, Lord, we just pray that you just come get us and take us right now. I'm like, hold up, Lord, not me. Not me, Lord. He, Lord, he ain't praying for me. I know you say when two or more gather in name, Lord, take him. I'm not ready right now. Like I got... I got some more plays to count down here. I'm, again, I'm just being honest. I wish it wasn't me, but again, I'm just being honest, right? I ain't ready. You know what I'm saying? I know where I'm going when I do leave. I know that, but I ain't ready, right? And so even, okay, mission trips is a whole nother story. How many of you guys have been on a mission trip by a show of hands? Okay, many of you guys have. Okay, mission trips are amazing. Like, I, I go on a mission trips, like what the Word of God says, like lay hands on the sick and, and heal and pray and preach the gospel and, and carry their burdens. I'm with all of that, all of those things, right? But I'll be honest, when, when I'm on the mission trip and they start, they start offering me food sometimes, I just got to say no thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Again, yeah, I'm just, again, I'm just being odd. I mean, one time we was out and like they had some, some porridge, something porridge, something and some bread. And I'm sure it was good porridge, but I'm good. I didn't want any porridge. You know what I'm saying? Like I did. Hey, I'm saying it was, I'm sure it was amazing, but I just didn't want it. And porridge, it might be good, but it wasn't good for me. And matter of fact, I remember we was a bit a bunch of pastors, like it was 17 pastors, campus pastors and pastors. And we're there, we're on this mission trip and like, it was time to eat, and everybody was going to eat guinea pig. There's 17 pastors, 16 of them were eating guinea pig, and one was not. True story, Lord is my witness. Like, they started chanting, I'm the one, right? They started chanting, eat it, eat it, eat it. I ain't gonna lie, brother started chanting with them, eat it, eat it. I ain't getting peer pressure. I mean, anyway, so anyway, I love all the mission trips. I'll pray for you, lay hands on you, cast out demons, all that. But I ain't eating some of the food. Anyway, so. Because I've read where it said, preach the gospel, cast out demons, but I ain't read nowhere in a text where it says, thou shalt eat the food. Anyway, uh, back to the message. So what I'm talking about in that, that moment is don't count the opportunities make the opportunities count. 
And so as we look at this game that we're getting prepared for today, watch the Super Bowl, you'll see the analysts, they'll go on, they'll show you the, the keys to the game, right? They'll show you the keys to the game. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you the keys to the game, this game of life in order to live how Paul is telling us we should live. Because what we got to understand is this, is that the opportunities of a lifetime, they come from a lifetime of opportunities. Let me say that again for those in the back. Uh, the opportunities of a lifetime, they come from a lifetime of opportunities. In other words, stepping out into the opportunities that God has given you. And so the three points, if you're taking notes, you can write this first one down. The three keys are this. The first one is, is you have to be what? Be wise. In other words, don't be foolish. Let's look at verse 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of what? Making what? The most of every opportunity. Let's say that one more time. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. As I'm looking at this, make the most of every opportunity. Don't be foolish. In other words, talking about not being a fool. Because we talk about, when we look at Paul, is talking about like the lack of wisdom. And so again, he contrasts being wise and being a fool. And if we, look at, if we look at our lives and our friends' lives, if we can do that contrast all the time between being wise and being a fool, between walking in wisdom and walking in foolishness, then God will reveal some things to us where we can begin to live how he wants us to live. As a matter of fact, just real quick, a question. A fool is what? Fill in the blank. A fool is? I, don't point at nobody, but again, we heard, we, heard, we heard all kind of stuff like disobedient, a fool. I ain't gonna lie, last night I asked that question, I said, a fool is, and man right here said, wise. I was like, sir, that ain't part of the message. I don't know what you're talking, but anyway. But a fool is, you fill in the blank, a fool is all of those things, but in the Bible, when we talk about being a fool, it's talking about, it's related to their knowledge, and so there, there is, basically a fool is two things in the Bible. They think there is no God, or, they say, I know there's a God, but I do not want God. So if we look in this room, I mean, you're here, so that's a good start. You're online, so that's a good start. A fool is someone that says, there is no God. That's a fool. Another fool is someone that says, I know there's a God, but I don't want him. Or better yet, I know there's a God, but I don't want to do what his word says. Because the prisons are full of folks who, here's the deal, they may have knew there was a God, but they didn't want to do what he said. So they were living as a fool. And so when we think about this, like what we got to look at is we have to be willing to avoid making costly mistakes. If you look at any championship team, matter of fact, if we look at the Super Bowl today, the team that's going to win will be the team that has the least what? Mistakes, at least penalties. And so any great coach is always saying, we got you know, to avoid the, the uncostly, uncostly mistakes, the unforced errors. We can't make those. We can't do those things. And so, because what they're trying to say is that they don't want you to get a flag. Because what a flag will do is it, it automatically does what? It sets you what? It sets you back. And so a great coach is saying, we don't want the unforced errors. We don't want those flags. And so I want you to think about it in your life. What are those unforced errors? What are those costly flags? Before you even get started again, these are the ones that you're in control of. How about dating that guy or girl that you know is not for you and not of God? Oh, that's 
How about thinking those negative thoughts? Before you even get out the day, you're thinking always the worst case scenario. Or spending that money that you don't have trying to please people who don't matter. How about logging into the porn sites? You ain't even looked at the porn yet. That's an unforced error. Buying those drugs. You haven't used them yet. Or telling those lies. Or you want to get in shape, but you're buying unhealthy snacks. You come out of Publix with Twinkies and Yo-Hos and Doritos and flaming Hot Cheetos, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead you need to go to Fort Lauderdale and do the free fit workout that they're doing here, but what you want to do is you want to do other things. Trying to find a good guy, but always in search of a bad boy. Good guy's too corny. I know that was good. Thank you. I wrote it. God, God gave it to me. God gave it to me. You schedule and prioritize everything except for your family. Again, all the yellow flags are in your control. You have control to stop them before you do them. So we're talking about getting your priorities straight. Talking about you have a choice. In other words, if you have a choice, you're going to choose wisdom. Because here's the, it's okay to make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, that means you're not trying. But what we can't do is make the same mistake twice. And some of you are like, well, some of your ladies, like you keep going back. I know he seems to act like he's changed, but your friends say, girl, he ain't changed. Or you keep making that same mistake, like you want to get free from drugs and alcohol, but every single Saturday you're at the bar. Like, what are the things that you're doing? Because you got to understand, like, making mistakes, again, it can be a stepping stone to wisdom because you learn from them. But if you continue to do them, it's going to be a stepping stone to foolishness. And more often than not, people continue to take the step and the step and the step, and they're taking steps to foolishness. So my question for you today is, what are the unforced errors that you're making? With your life and with your time and with your situation, with your relationships. Because I'm telling you right now, like, that you, people are making them over and over and over again. Like right now we have a generation that, that, has, that has so much knowledge, knowledge at your fingertips. There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Right. Knowledge is things that you know. Wisdom is the application of that knowledge. Because again, some people are like, they know everything. I mean, we have the most knowledge rich generation ever, but it's also the most wisdom poor generation of all time. And the knowledge back in the day, like in 1945, like the, the rate of knowledge, when he looked at it, the researcher says this, is that the rate of knowledge would double, like it would double like every 25 years. So 25 years from 45, so you do the math and it would double every 25 years. Now the rate of knowledge doubles every 12 hours. So much information, but the interpretation is so different. You know, speaking of knowledge and, and one of the things we're looking at, like I, I got the opportunity to do the, the chapel for the Kansas City Chiefs about, about five weeks ago. It was their last home game, and last regular season game. And so I'm doing the chapel for the Chiefs. What do you guys know about an NFL chapel? Is generally, there's like, there's a 53-man roster. You'll have about 15 players there, 12, 15 players there, about 12, 15 coaches. It's a great time, but it's, the guys that go is always the same guys that go every week. And so here's what I can say about the Chiefs. And I did the chapel. I mean, people can say what they want to, but here's what I know. This is the inside track. On the front row, you know who's on the front row taking copious notes? Patrick Mahomes. You know who's over here on the right? Aminahu, Aminahu the guy number nine, the defensive end that, that caused the fumble in the AFC championship game. Coach Spagnuolo, you talk about how great their defense is, right there in the middle. Chris Jones, the most, man, he just wrecking shock on the defensive line. You'll see him today right there in the middle. 
Dion Bush, a young guy, matter of fact, a South Florida kid, went to Columbus High School in Miami. We went from there, got drafted to the Bears, and he's been with the Chiefs. Again, all right there in the chapel. I could go on and on and on and on about the guys who made plays. And I just say that to say as I looked at this team and what they're doing, they're all about wisdom. The wisdom that you have with, with Andy Reid and with Spagnolia, and if you look at even like Kelsey, these guys that have been in the league, these are guys that have lots of wisdom. And just thinking what, they, what they're doing and everything's going on, it's just pretty amazing because it's important to understand that because you have to be willing to apply that knowledge to have wisdom. I remember when I first got back out, like in the single, in the dating world, I met my pastor and for whatever reason, he felt like he needed to sit me down and, and give me some advice. He said, here's what you need to know. He says, what you're not looking for, Scott, like you're not like, you got to make sure that you open your mind. You're not looking for a specific age. It's not about young or old. What you're looking for is spiritual maturity. He said, because there's some really old people that are spiritually immature and there's some young people that are spiritually mature. And so what you're looking for is people that are going to apply that knowledge. And that's your Valentine's gift for some of you guys is you're trying to figure out the person that you should be with. When you look at all your thing, you want the six-pack abs, you want to make sure that, that he's secured the bag, that he's got six figures, that he looks good. I'm here to tell you, if he's not spiritually mature, whenever, let me tell you, when your daughter's sick or when you got cancer, that six-pack abs or that bag ain't going to make no difference. You better get you somebody that's willing to worship Jesus. Now, if they got both, glory. Second thing if you're taking notes is this, is be filled. Everybody say be filled. In other words, don't get drunk. And this isn't as much about drinking. I'll unpack it. Some of you guys will feel a little bit better maybe after this. <laughs> Online, y'all just stay with me now. Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, what? Be filled with the Spirit. It says, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, it, well, it, it looked at the things that you're filled with, which helps interpret your steps and how you walk. Because he's talking about making sure that we're walking and that we're honoring Jesus in our walk. In other words, he wants to make sure that our, that our steps pop. You know what I'm saying? In other words, that, that we, when we step, that they're going to pop, that you're, you're going to walk with, with power, and you're going to step into opportunity. You understand that there's, there's purpose. So you got to make sure that there's power and that you're looking at the opportunities and that there's purpose in the steps that you take. And when you're filled with the Spirit, that's much easier because that's what the Holy Spirit is for, to be able to guide our steps. But the application of it is when he's speaking it, you got to be willing to listen. So when you're drunk, you're under the influence of a lot of alcohol. So in other words, don't be full. We're talking about full. Full of alcohol. If you're drinking a little bit, but when you're full of it, what's going to overflow? The drunkenness of the alcohol. The other thing. When your spirit, when you're under the influence of the spirit, it says, do be filled with the spirit. When you're full of the spirit, what overflows? The spirit, the things of the spirit, what the spirit is telling you to think about. And that's what's important because again, what you're filled with determines what you're full of. Come on, y'all can clap. I'm preaching better than y'all responding. What you're filled with determines what you're full of. Matter of fact, let's, I want you guys to work with me here. You're really smart online. Y'all just type it in there. The first thing is this, if you're filled with things of the Spirit, then you are what? Full of the Spirit. Come on, y'all can do better than that. If you are filled with things of the Spirit, then you are what? Full of the Spirit. Great job. So if you fill yourself with lies, then you are full of 
lies. Great job. So if you fill yourself with nonsense, with unbelief, with sin, and just with overall crap, then you're full of what? Exactly. So I didn't say it, you did. (laughs) So if that's the story of your life, oh, it's just the story of my life. My question is, what, what, what type of octane are you filling yourself up with? Some of y'all putting around here on some 87. And God has called you to be a 91 or a 93 type of octane type of deal because that's what happens when you're filled with the Spirit. Talks about debauchery. Again, it refers to excessive indulgence in immoral or sinful things. It involves behaviors such as excessive drinking, drugs, sexual morality, OnlyFans, robbing, shooting, stealing, unrestrained pursuit of pleasure, no moral boundaries. Somebody chuckled on that OnlyFans. We're praying for you in the name of Jesus. And just bad behavior. So we're talking about this. This is the more serious stuff. So we're talking about the red flags. And red flags is a pretty popular term you're dating. Oh, that's a what? That's a red flag. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you hear it all the time. Like you got all the red flags. And so the red flag warnings, you had them, you heard them. But the question is, did you not do anything about them? Oftentimes the red flags will start off with something like, I should have, or I shouldn't have. Or I can't believe I was so stupid. So you think about it in the NFL, when, when a, some of you guys might not know football, I'm gonna go ahead and help you out a little bit. When the NFL, uh, what, what happens is like when they, they throw a red flag, it's a, it's a challenge flag, right? And so what the challenge flag is the things that are going on, I'm gonna throw the red flag to challenge it. And a challenge flag means that it needs to go to someone higher than me. In other words, they need to go to the booth. They need to go upstairs to look at what's going on. So God sent me here today to tell you that you need to be filled with the Spirit and He needs to remind you that you're very aware of when you need to throw that challenge flag and that go to a higher authority so God can speak to you and tell you what you need to do because when you're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit is what's going to come out of you. Some of y'all see the red flags just roll straight through them. But God's going to challenge you today because I'm going to tell you, some of the things that drives me crazy, I hear people talk about the NFL, it's scripted. I must be honest with you, you these are grown men that are making a living taking care of their family by playing NFL. Like all these people, but we got some random person online that knows the script for a billion dollar industry. That's just craziness. I'm going to tell you this. The one that does know the script is the one that gives you the prescription, and he gives you the prescript, and he gives you the Holy Spirit that's going to guide you and tell you what's going on. But you've got to be the one to make sure that you're listening. Because he's given you the script. You can be filled with the things of the world, the bag, the millie, and all that. I'm telling you, it's going to leave you empty. Some of you are chasing the bag and chasing opportunity. That's your most important thing. Once I get the money, I'll be fine. No, your kids are still going to look at you crazy because you're not spending no time and investing in them. Been trying to get pregnant, trying to do this, trying to do that, all these different things. The question is, what are you being filled with? Are the red flags popping up all over in you? But you're saying, go, Lord, just give, make a way. Overturn it. Last thing, if you're taking notes, is when the band will come play behind me to make me sound more spiritual. Y'all take your time. text messages while you do that. <laughs> Last thing you're taking notes is this, is be grateful. Everybody say grateful. grateful. In other words, don't 
forget to praise God. We can forget a lot of things. We can forget our keys. We can forget our lunch. We can even forget to call a family member on their birthday. We can forget to pay a bill. But don't forget to praise God, verse 19 and 20. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from the heart to the Lord. Always what? Giving thanks to God, the Father for everything, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we hear this word, hallelujah, and it's a transliteration from the Hebrew in the Bible, and it's composed of two words, halle and yah, which literally means praise God. It's the highest form of reverence. So when, when something happens, like praise God, never forget to say hallelujah. Never forget to say praise God, praise the Lord. It's a very, very important word. You know, I mentioned earlier this young man, Dion Bush, who was, went to you know, South Florida kid, happened to be going up against another South Florida kid in Lamar Jackson. They played two weeks ago. And he's the one that came in. He got to come in on, he was on the practice squad. To kind of explain that a little bit, there's like a 53-man roster. There's like 12 guys that are on practice squad. They don't get paid the same money. They get paid like almost double, triple when they get on the active roster. And he was on the practice squad, you know, weeks ago. He got a chance to go in an AFC championship game. And went in, he got a chance to play three plays on defense. And the final play that he played on defense was literally the, the play that, that sent them into the Super Bowl. In a second, we're going to watch this video of the setup of that play, but I want you to pay attention to a couple things as we watch it. The first thing, I want you to pay attention to what he does. We're talking about praising God once he gets that interception. The next thing I want you to pay attention to is, is how his teammates are responding to him, the things that they're saying to him. And the last thing I want you to pay attention to is the words that his coach whispers in his ear at the end. Let's check it out. Chiefs 17, Ravens 7. That was the halftime score. Jackson throws deep middle for the end zone. Intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone. Intercepted by Deion Bush. Back-to-back turnovers in the end zone by the Baltimore Ravens. Jackson makes a mistake throwing into the teeth of the Chiefs coverage. Three Chiefs were back there. What a way to accept your role. If you're Deion Bush, you come in and make a fourth quarter interception in the championship game. Talk about epitomizing, not counting the plays, but making the plays count. I was talking to Dion this week, literally just sent me this yesterday. I said, just give me some of your thoughts, what was going through your mind on that play. Here's the text message that he sent me. He said, it was a crazy moment because when I was released earlier this year for the first time, put on the practice squad, but it hurt. But after a couple of days, God spoke to me and told me that this would be used for his glory. I told the guys week three while I was on the practice squad that I was going to make a big play to send us to the Super Bowl. I was able to have joy in my lowest position and grind every day for the moment knowing that God was in control and after hearing what he spoke in my life. Fast forward to the AFC Championship game. After I got put in 
on the roster in early December. I haven't had a haircut or had my hair done for months. But this week I decided to go get it done. My teammates asked me why, and I told them I had to be fresh for the after the game when they interviewed me about the big play that got us to the Super Bowl. He said that moment was surreal because during the process I couldn't see how it was going to happen, but he made it happen. We sang this song early, he made a way. He said, I usually don't get in on defense, but in the AFC Championship game, he gave me three plays. And on the last play, I caught the interception. Nobody can tell me that it wasn't all God. Come on, we serve an amazing God. We serve an amazing God. And we talk about gratitude. We talk about being grateful. He said he couldn't see it when he was in his lowest. I don't know what your lowest point is right now. You can't see it. But here's what we're going to do is we're going to worship God like it's a Super Bowl. And we're going to give him everything that we got because he made a way. So when we go into this, I want you to give him everything you got. I want hands lifted. Let's worship Jesus now. Come on. take anything else away from today when you wake up and when your feet hit the ground before you do anything else just simply look up and give my hallelujah praise God thanks again for listening to this week's message we hope you enjoyed the podcast today to hear more messages like this make sure you subscribe and share with your friends don't forget to stay connected with us by following us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at CBGlades at Pastor D Hughes.